the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Well, good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for coming along. Monday edition, a beautiful, almost spring-like day here. Kath, good to see you. Uh, weekend was uh, restful for you, was it? Uh, it was just fine, John. I will tell you that for some inexplicable reason, I find myself cold today. T- today you do. And I know that it's like, you know, would you say 50-some degrees? 50, I, yeah, 52. You know, I don't know what it is. It's just, I, I had to put on my extra fluffy, you know, sweatshirt here mm, better days ahead there's no I, doubt about I that i hope right? so i think perhaps spring is not in my head right could be i believe problem. that the uh phil the forecast from phil was wrong he said six weeks of winter i don't yeah. think so okay we're going into a good area here i know you better than him so thank you well as we always do we get underway uh, during our show here during the four o'clock hour looking at the news stories of the day and kath please as you detail give us the top four at four Alrighty, righty Thank you. For Monday, March 8th, 2021, number one. According to the New York Times, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention says that, listen to this, if you are fully vaccinated against COVID-19, you can take some liberties that the unvaccinated should not, including gathering indoors without precautions with others who are also vaccinated while still wearing a mask and staying distant in public spaces. Good news also to grandparents. Fully vaccinated grandparents may visit unvaccinated, healthy adult kids and grandkids without masks or social distancing. Centers for Disease Control. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm reading right now. Very good. Um, now listen, it does say, though, if the adult children's unvaccinated neighbors drop by, you should all go outside and everybody should wear a mask. Because we're only talking, like, family. Close stuff. family. Right. But, hey, I'll take it, right? Sure. Number two. The Senate voted entirely along party line Saturday to pass President Joe Biden's $1.9 trillion, I say trillion dollar stimulus package, which includes $1,400 checks to millions of Americans, $350 billion in state and local aid, and an extension of federal unemployment benefits. The House is expected to take up and pass the Senate's bill tomorrow. The dispatch reports that earlier on Friday, that crazy Bernie Sanders introduced an amendment to the stimulus package that would have overruled the Senate parliamentarian and added sneakily a $15 per hour minimum wage to the legislation. Is it? It's not just the mittens. Not only did every Republican vote against it, but eight Democrats, including Senators Joe Manchin, Kirsten Sinema and Chris Coons did as well. Wait, did you say someone cursed? That's her name, Kirsten. Oh. They were mad at Bernie. All of a sudden, they was like, <laughs> that bath and beyond breaking out on the floor. <laughs> Number three. 
Jury selection of what began today in the trial of former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin in the death of George Floyd after a judge decided to move forward with the selection while the issue of an additional murder charge is pending. According to USA Today, Chauvin is charged with second degree murder and manslaughter. Prosecutors contend Floyd, age 46, was killed by Chauvin's knee compressed against his neck for more than nine minutes while he was handcuffed and pinned to the pavement last May. Legal experts say bystander video of the incident, as well as two autopsy reports, will play central roles in the trial. The question at the heart of the case is whether what people saw on video, all of us, was murder or just a terrible tragedy. And number four, on a lighter note, Pitts sophomore Justin Champagny, the only major conference player in the nation averaging a double-double, was named to the All-ACC first team today. The trip reports that Champagny is the first Pitt player since the school joined the conference back in 2013 to earn first-team honors. He's also the first Pitt player to claim first-all-team all-league honors in any conference since Ashton Gibbs back in 2011. He joined Sam Clancy, Brian Shorter, and Dewan Blair as the only Panthers to earn first-team all-conference honors as a sophomore. Set your clocks for tomorrow at 2 p.m. That's when Pitt will play in round one of the ACC tournament. Pitt is the 12th seed, and they will play Miami. And that is your top four of four. Very nice. Okay, wait. So um, uh, somehow I missed this. Is there no March Madness this year? Is that the view? No, there will be March Madness, but the conference tournaments are always before March always Madness. first, okay. Yeah. And Pitt, uh, are they somewhere in the mix for March uh, Madness? They are in, well, no. They're not going to end up in March Madness. Do they ever? Yes. Yeah. Just not for a long for like, time. It's for like 15 really minutes. It's been a really long time. Yeah. yeah. Right. No, we made it to the Elite Eight. I don't pay, just, obviously, as you can see, I pay no attention to basketball. Oh, that's whatsoever. sad. I love pit basketball. Yeah. I mean, there was a. They break my heart an, every stinking year, but I yeah, love pit basketball. Right. right yeah. And there was a, an NBA All-Star game last night as well, too, wasn't it? Was it last night or was it Saturday night? I don't, I don't know. even know. See, I, again, you're asking me? I don't know. Yeah, you know, I don't really care much anyway, about the NBA. That's that sports stuff. <laughs> 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 to paraphrase. Oh, hey, that's I got Wait, I have a bonus. Tell me. Um, so the, did you watch last night? Did I watch? Uh, the Meghan what? Markle, Prince Harry, Absolutely. Oprah. Absolutely not. Me neither. No, Mike, did you less. watch it? Could have cared less. <laughs> no. Absolutely. Ah, 17.1 right. million other people, though, did. It wasn't mm-hmm. as high, as, of course, as the Super Bowl, but a lot of people do tune in. Who was saying it was going to be as high as the Super Bowl? I'm just telling you what I read. Good grief. You know, people I say. Mean, <laughs> okay, so, so uh, like, the big bombshells, you know, that there are people who work I for the – first of all, that they call the, the, like, the British family and their surrounding people the firm. The firm. It's the like firm. a John Grisham book, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. Yeah. It is. Anyway, uh, I didn't watch it, but no. a lot of people did. So that's why I didn't put it in the top four. four. All right, good. Well, I'm sure we'll talk about that as the show goes on. We got a jam-packed for you one today, do we not? We do. Uh, Monday, we are not uh, having any moss grow underneath our feet. Uh, we're going to talk in just a few minutes. Usually we talk about the... Um, Isn't that grass uh, grow? I don't think it's moss grow. Oh, moss grass. I mean, it's all green. Isn't right? it grass, Mike? I believe it's grass, yes. Yeah, but hey, thank you. Hey, they're in the same family, that. right? Moss hey, thank you, Mike. Thanks for backing me up. Moss are in the hey. same family. Hey, you know, call your landscaper. I, I want some moss dirt. there. So. <laughs> moss okay. doesn't come from dirt. Boy, would you Mike, rather I'm have? I'm not asking you any more questions because you're clueless. <laughs> Wait, would Wait. you rather have a yard full of moss or a yard full of grass? Well, yeah, I think grass is a plant and moss is a fungus. I would rather have a, gr- a yard full of moss. Soft well, you feet. couldn't. 
You couldn't because if you, you'd wreck it by walking on it. Yeah, but she'll be pretty to look at, wouldn't it? Okay. Just saying. <laughs> Don't let the moss grow under your feet and uh, your grass if it's growing okay. now. Okay. Springtime's coming. Take a quick break. Come back. We're going to talk about beyond fake news, finding the truth Please. in a world Show me where of it is. misinformation. That's next. The Ride Home with John and Kathy. We are Pittsburgh's Christian Talk here on Word FM. 1.5 WORD. Everywhere you go, anywhere you go, Word FM goes with you. That's because we're no longer trapped inside a radio. We're now everywhere you are. And you carry us around in your pocket. We're ubiquitous. There's an app for that, right? On TuneIn, on iHeart, on our own app, on WordFM.com. The iPhone. The iPhone. The iPhone. The iPhone. On your iPad, iPhone, and Android. We're always with you because we're inside your pocket. Whatever you do, don't lose us. 101.5 WORD. If you're drowning in IRS debt and can't afford to pay, then you need to take advantage of special IRS tax programs that are available and free yourself from IRS collection efforts once and for all. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing throughout the country, the Internal Revenue Service has made it easier to settle delinquent tax problems. An open phone line has been established by Community Tax for consumers to call and see if they qualify. Take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call the Community Tax Helpline at 800-500-5588. If you owe back taxes to the IRS and cannot afford to pay them back, or even if you have years of unfiled tax returns, there's no need to fear anymore. But you have to call the Community Tax Helpline today at 800-500-5588 for the help that you need. Don't take on the IRS alone. They can attack your wages, savings, pension, home, and even your Social Security check. Call 800-500-5588 for your free consultation and to see if you qualify. That's 800-500-5588. Maybe you've heard about... MediShare, and you know what it is? It's the affordable alternative to health insurance. But you've wondered, can I really save a significant amount of money on my monthly health care bills? And the answer is an emphatic yes, you can. You could save a lot of money, whether it's just for you or for an entire family. MediShare has an option for you. In fact, the typical family saves $500 a month switching to MediShare. And it really is the gold standard when it comes to health care sharing. You get free telehealth services, you get a huge network of doctors. You get great customer support, and you get the sense of security that comes from being a part of 400,000 people who share not just each other's medical bills, but purpose, too. MediShare is a community of Christians who pull together and pray for each other, which is very refreshing right now. If you want more info, it's so simple. You can get a price within two minutes. Call 844-45-BIBLE. That's 844-45-BIBLE. 844-45-BIBLE. This is Tim Seckler inviting you to tune in each and every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. right here on Word FM 101.5 for the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by my law firm, the Seckler Law Firm. Each week, we'll talk about your family's well-being as it relates to elder law, nursing home stays, estate planning, and keeping your hard-earned savings. And if you missed the Life and Legacy Show, you will find it archived at secklerlawfirm.com. See you Saturday morning at 9 a.m. right here on Word FM 101.5 for the Life and Legacy Show. Who do you trust? When you start your day or end your day or anytime you turn on the tube or look on the web and you need to know the news, you want to know the news, right? What's the truth? Who's telling the story? I mean, this is such a weird 
era to be in. Not that there was ever sort of the definitive source for truth in all of our news sources, but especially today. Justin McBrayer is with us. His work is called Beyond Fake News, Finding the Truth in a World of Misinformation. Hey, Justin, welcome back to the show. Hi, John. Hi, Kathy. Happy to chat with you all again. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for being here, Justin. Um, last night, my daughter and I were watching a uh, BBC mystery that was set back in the uh, early 60s. And at one point, the protagonist in the show, Justin, goes to a library in Oxford. And it's like one of the it's like the perfect like Harry Potter-esque library, you know, with, you know, stained glass and like endless shelves. And they're all beautiful wood. And there's, you know, beautiful varnish. And everybody has a quiet little study lamp. And anyway, I was looking at that scene and it made me lonesome. This is so weird. It made me lonesome for the time before there was the internet, when you could actually go and get a book and believe what it was saying to you. Yeah, that's right. It's Isn't funny that weird? That for eons, universities were storehouses for knowledge. If you right. wanted knowledge, if you wanted information, you had to travel to a university town because they they were the keepers of the knowledge in bound books and in manuscripts and that sort of thing. And now it's almost as if the world has been turned upside down. We're in a flood of information. You don't have to travel anywhere. You just need to pick up your phone. And you can find out just about anything you want. Or, Justin, you're finding out something, but is it really (laughs) what you want to know? I mean, because a lot of it just seems to be hooey. That's right. So uh, when the gatekeepers went away, the floodgates opened. Think of it this way. Mm -hmm. If you wanted to get a book in the Oxford Library, Kathy, you would have had to convince a scholar to approve it. You would have had to convince a publisher to put money into it to print it and they had an incentive to sort of make sure that you knew what you were talking about before they committed resources to printing and distributing the book well not anymore um you know your next door neighbor who's a crank can turn out reams of information in her bedroom on her laptop and there's no gatekeeper keeping that information out from the web so there's more information out there But, John, your point is there's more misinformation, too. And now the rest of us have to figure out how to sort the one from the other. Wait, and here's one other thing I'll add to the mix that I was surprised at, but I remembered from seeing other programs or reading books about the era, is that also I, as the reader, would have to prove myself at the library. Because for for certain things, for a lot of things, I'd have to actually request the material. Right. So yeah, I'd, have to, right. Go, right. I'd have to go up to a library. I'd, ha- I'd have to prove why I needed it or why I was like smart enough to read it. Yeah. And uh, not only that, since it would cost you either time or effort or whatever, you weren't willing to kind of go down that rabbit hole, as it were, unless you really wanted that material and were really going to do something with it. And again, your point is not anymore. Any of us can look up anything we want from stats on COVID deaths to what's happening in China, and it costs us nothing more than opening our cell phone and doing a a quick search. Right. Okay. So, Justin, then the days of Edward R. Morrow or Walter Cronkite or, you know, any of those seminal figures that America trusted as their their news source person, those are long since gone. So when you look at fake news and you're looking for truth in this world of information, what do you do? Yeah, there's no easy answer. Um, but the, the point you make about journalists like Edward Murrow, uh, let me just flag something quick about that era. 
those journalists had a clear incentive to get to the truth and present it in an unbiased way. And that's because if you think of legacy TV networks, they're being distributed across the country to Christians and non-Christians and progressives and conservatives. And so there was, a, there was a powerful incentive to capture your readership. And so you don't want to turn them off or tilt the story one way rather than another way. And just notice how different that is from the kind of news ecosystem that we now find ourselves in. These legacy channels and legacy networks are dying and people have options to tune in where they want, whether that's on radio or whether that's on the internet. And what we're doing is we're dialing into or we're turning to the stations or we're opening the web browsers of the news media that we like or that makes us comfortable or whatever. And as soon as we do that, now it's, it's as if the incentives have shifted entirely for the people producing the news. Mm. Interesting. Okay. So, you know, regardless of whether it's 1960s Oxford Library or Edward R. Murrow, we're not living in that era anymore. So we have to figure out how to navigate this one. And I think a lot of us are doing a really bad job and I'm putting myself at the top of the list. I get really discouraged when I go to look, you know, I do a, we do a top four at four, which is just like a news story roundup at the top of every show, Justin. And I get discouraged every day. I immerse myself in news for a couple hours and just, it's hard to get get to the heart of what's really happening. It's hard to get the actual facts of what's really happening. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, Part of the problem, so I haven't given you a solution yet, but let me just say part of the problem, Kathy, is that when you open your browser and you do your research, your browser is returning results that it thinks you are likely to click on. So this is a fascinating bit about how we wade through this this volume of information that's out there. We rely on technology to make our way through it. When you open your browser in Pittsburgh and you search for news or you search um, the stimulus package or whatever, and I open mine in Colorado, you and I are guaranteed to get different results in Google. Your top 10 uh, returns are almost certain to be different than my top 10 returns. And what's happening is, Google is giving you links that it thinks you're likely to click, not necessarily links to information of high quality or things that are likely to be true. And so this is part of what's so frustrating. Even if you really want to get to the truth, we're reliant on technology and social media and these algorithms that are pulling the strings behind the scenes in ways that we don't understand. Yeah. So... Justin, again, I mean, I'm old enough to remember going to, you know, a major metropolitan city's gigantic newsstand where you would pick up newspapers from all across the country, right? I mean, New York Times, LA Times, Washington, you know, wherever it was. And you could get 30 daily newspapers or 40 daily newspapers if you wanted to. But always there was, you know, the Associated Press or United Press International or CBS News or something, you know, was that part of that daily gigantic right. feed now like you're saying the crank next door or the guy living in his you know mom's uh, house and working out of the basement all of a sudden they're journalists they're news hounds and so the doors are open to them in ways you know because all of a sudden they hold that badge of journalism i mean yep that's exactly I, right so what the, so the question is what the heck are the rest of us supposed to do 
Right. Well, yeah. here are two things. Here are two things we can do. One, when you're looking at the news, be aware of how it's being personalized to you. Be aware that you're being pitched. You know, if someone comes up to you and is selling you something on the street, you know right away that you're the target of a, of a salesman. And it's, it's as if your alerts go up and you know that this person benefits by getting you to agree to buy something or pull the trigger some, on something or whatever. It's the same with the news. When you're in front of a TV show, when you're reading online, you are a consumer of news and you're a target. So first, let's just all be aware of that. There's no more of this sort of, uh, you know, neutral information just flowing around. People are looking for readers and customers, and that's you. And second, when we know that we're being targeted in those kind of uh, sales pitch ways, we can take the time to read widely. If you read something on the left of the spectrum, like the New York Times, fine. But then read something on the right, like the Wall Street Journal. If you're watching CNN, fine. But then watch something on the right as well. And if we just you know, take those two steps. A, know that people have an incentive to dupe us, trick us, turn us into customers. And then B, we take the time to read widely. It'll be a lot easier for us to catch uh, the misinformation. Hmm. We're talking to Justin McBrayer, professor of philosophy at Fort Lewis College, which is the liberal arts college for the state of Colorado. Uh, Beyond Fake News is his newest work, Finding the Truth in a World of Misinformation. Listen, Justin, I'm so grateful for um, you being here and for talking about this subject because, you know, it's always at the forefront of my mind for both John and I as we're getting ready for the show every day. Um, Just I think it was on Friday I was researching the story about the Pope going to Iraq. And so every single day I try to do what you say. I, you know, I read the wall street journal. I look at the New York times. I look at the Washington post and I look at our two local newspapers, um, to try to, and USA today also try to get like, you know, rounded perspective on everything. It was really interesting to see how differently the Washington post covered the Pope in Iraq and the wall street journal covered the Pope in Iraq. And the number one way, yeah, the, the number one way I saw that it was different. And this was just from, you know, like a cursory observation, um, was that, the the Washington Post was basically acknowledging the fact that there are Christians in Iraq who had been persecuted, but they were eager to point out that they hadn't been persecuted that much. And the Wall Street Journal consistently in the entire story was saying the whole reason the Pope was going to Iraq was because of the persecution that Christians had received in Iraq. And I thought, now, isn't that interesting? It's the same story, but it's really two different takes on it. That's exactly right. So sometimes people think that if if there's fake news on you know Fox News or in the newspaper or whatever, that fake news means false information. And that there's nothing further from the truth. You can tell the truth, but you can do it in a misleading way. Or you can frame the truth in ways that get across your yeah. message rather than another message. And that's actually one of the main ways in which people fall for fake news, it's not just that they believe out and out lies. Instead, there are these stories that are being pitched from one angle rather than another angle. And it just turns out that as humans, the framing on that story is vitally important for the lessons that we take away from it. Just think as a quick example, uh, think of the abortion debate. Liberal sources will frame abortion bills or abortion issues as women rights issues. Conservative places will frame them in terms of rights of the unborn. They could be debating the very same law, the very same procedure, but if you frame one 
in terms of rights of women and another in terms of the rights of children, you get a very different kind of feel for that story, even if the two are saying all of the same things. Right. Justin, obviously there is a need for the citizen to know the truth. And don't you think, I mean, is this naive of me? Isn't there a place in the marketplace where someone would say, we're dedicated to news gathering, not opinion forming, and we can create a new news source that's viable across the board? Yeah, that's a nice point, John. Actually, the, the kind of subtext of your point is the deeper one. The deeper point is that information flows in a marketplace. If we could just start to see our information scape in terms of a marketplace, so much more of it will make sense to us. In a marketplace, there are people selling things, and they have an incentive to make money. There are consumers. They have incentives, too. Sometimes as, as information consumers, we want to get to the truth. But sometimes we just want to fit in with the people around us. Sometimes we want to be outraged at what the other side thinks and so forth. So we kind of have mixed motives. So if you're thinking about information flowing in that overall marketplace, then the answer is yes. There is a niche in that marketplace for people selling what you might think of as the unvarnished truth. A good example of that in my home state is a a newspaper or a media organization called the Colorado Sun. It's a nonprofit so they don't rely on, you know, advertising dollars or, or, or subscription dollars to, you know, drive their reporting. And as a result, their reporting is very accurate and very neutral. Really? So there are outliers out there somewhere. Yeah, there are. The, the, the catch is, you know, you might want to ask, well, why isn't everyone like that? And the fact of the matter is everyone's not like that, John, because – while the truth sells, other stuff sells too. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, just think of what people cl- think of what people click on. They want to click on the story about the bazaar. They want to. I mean, it's almost as if right. you, you know, people want to be entertained. People want to be outraged. People want a lot of different things besides the truth. And as long as that's true of us, there will be people producing what it is we want: entertainment, outrage political partisanship, whatever. Right. I mean, I, I did click the Bath and Body Works fight today. So, And then he sent I it mean, to me. There is that. He sent it to me, Justin. <laughs> he dragged me That's down exactly. to the gutter with him. <laughs> That's exa- I mean, I, as Christians, I don't think we should be surprised about this. This is what it means to live in a, a frail human body. This is what it means to live in a fallen world. We're not um, perfectly virtuous when it comes to uh, uh, moral things. And we're not perfectly virtuous when it comes to intellectual things either. We can be dissuaded by and attracted to golden calves other than the truth. And when that's true, you should expect the news marketplace to reflect those interests. Mm. Okay. Well, that's really a, you know, a a collection of of good comments that you've made and some really good directives for us. Number one, read widely. Um, That's Dr. Justin P. McBrayer, professor of philosophy at Fort Lewis College, the liberal arts college for the state of Colorado. His brand new book, Beyond Fake News, Finding the Truth in a World of Misinformation. Thanks, Justin.
The following is a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. It's probably been about 10 years ago. I had quite a few credit cards, and it was just getting to be too much, so I called Trinity. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-936-5348. They met with me, and they were able to get all of my credit cards in one lower payment. Now we're doing a lot better. If your debt has you down, call Trinity at 1-800-936-5348. Are you the type of person that values hand-built quality? Do you shop with local businesses because you know your purchase supports your neighbors? Or maybe you research before making a purchase because you know better than to trust the marketing hype. If any of this sounds familiar, you just might be an original Mattress Factory customer. At OMF, we value our amazing customers and work hard to exceed their expectations every day. Visit an OMF store near you or OriginalMattress.com to learn more. At the Original Mattress Factory, we know better than anyone that the mattress industry is full of myths. Mattress companies spread misinformation to mislead customers about their features and prices. One of those myths is that two-sided mattresses are old-fashioned. Today's mattresses don't need to be flipped and rotated, they say. But today's one-sided mattresses just aren't as durable. That's why OMF still hand-builds two-sided mattresses, because it's what's best for our customers. Visit OriginalMattress.com to learn more. Your business is ready for a reboot. A recharge. The way our companies operate has changed. The changes haven't been easy, but there's help. The marketing team at Salem Surround gives you the tools needed to stand out and be visible to current and potential customers online right now looking for what you do. We can design a plan that targets potential customers with proven marketing strategies. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. Why a classical Christian education? Because kids learn differently at different ages. Through grammar, we grasp the building blocks of knowledge. Logic teaches how those building blocks relate. Then rhetoric helps us communicate what we know. For over 50 years, Trinity Christian School has intentionally applied this classical approach to education with great success. It's just one reason why they're consistently ranked among the top K-12 schools in Allegheny County. Trinity Christian School at trinitychristian.net. Save up to 50% on almost everything this week at Mattress Warehouse and get free next-day delivery on all orders over $7.99. Mattress Warehouse, home to bed match, offers a one-year price guarantee. Visit sleephappens.com for a location near you. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORD-FM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, tune in, and at radio.com. Tonight, we'll see partly cloudy skies. Expect a low tonight of 40. Tomorrow, mild with times of clouds and sunshine. Expect a high tomorrow of 61. Tomorrow night, we'll see clear to partly cloudy skies with a low of 39. It'll be warm Wednesday with intervals of clouds and sunshine. Wednesday will reach a high of 64. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. It's a very nice word, isn't it? To hear mild, mild March. Very yeah. good. Say, so listen, um, it has been almost a full year, of course, since uh, we've shut down. And among those are movie theaters. However, movie theaters are reopening, and that is very good news. The bad news is my favorite theater in all of the city of Pittsburgh 
has closed for good, which is the Regent Square Theater. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was owned by Pittsburgh filmmakers. And during the pandemic, of course, they shut down. Then it was just recently uh, sold to uh, Concept Galleries, which is no surprise. But boy, that's a loss. So these small little independent theaters, you know, they essentially, I'm sure thousands of them have just folded up. The larger ones, the big chains, AMC is open. Uh, Cinemarks, they're open as well. Um, you know, we, we all know those, you know, the multiplexes that we go to. I was reading a piece in the paper about the New York City theaters, which for the most part, they're not big chains. The big chains exist in New York City in Times Square, but then all over the city, they're dotted with these smaller independents and they're slowly, slowly starting to open. Now, Kath, how soon are you going to go back and see a movie? Any idea? Well, ex- now you you guys know how oh, that's right. rare my advent in a movie theater is. It's yeah. just not something I, you know, I mean, I liked, I, you know, Mike and I went out and saw The Greatest Showman like 18 times between us. But that was like At basically our, our our biggest, you know, uh, jump into the I like I'm kind of lazy. I, even before COVID, I was lazy. I like just kind of like to watch things at home. Really? All right. So but I know that that's, you know, such a big part of your whole you know social scene how you engage with the arts and stuff yeah i'm looking forward i'm looking forward to uh live theater and uh movie i'm sure looking forward to live theater and bring me some live music Mm -hmm. oh my gosh yeah yeah mike how about you you've been to the theater lately i haven't yeah since um since the greatest showman uh but i am i am itching to go when did that was the last movie you saw yeah that was the last movie i saw me too was that like 2016 no no that was 2017 maybe 2018 what? Mike, it is sad that you and I have not been in a movie theater. It is so sad. It really is. It's depressing. What the... <laughs> and yet, it is true. It is it true. Is. All right. Well, soon and very soon, right? We are on an upswing. Temperatures are up. Yep. Vaccinations are up. Come on. There's a call back. Bring Let's it. go. Let's, Let's go. go. Bring it. Yeah. Since you were gone. And we are welcome back again. So let's uh, let's go out there as much as possible. Okay. We need to take a quick break. Do we? We do. Yes, we're we going to come yeah. back. We're, Dan Darling is up next. He's written this really terrific book. Oh, yeah. Look, it's called The Characters of Easter. Yeah. I read a portion of it today. I real, I gained so much out of it. I can't wait to share it Me with too. you. Anyway, Dan Darling, National Religious Broadcaster, is coming up next. 101.5 Word FM, WORD. Before a spiritual awakening can sweep through society, Pastor Greg Laurie says a revival must sweep through the church. This week on A New Beginning, important thoughts on the role we can play in the renewal and how close we could be to the soon return of the Lord. Tune in this week for A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie. A New Beginning with Greg Laurie, weekday mornings at 1030 on WORD. For cancer patients, being a survivor doesn't begin at remission. It begins at diagnosis. Word FM presents Survivor Stories, stories of hope, of faith, and courage in the words of patients and caregivers who are living through cancer together. Share your story at wordfm.com. Survivor Stories, coming this March to the Ride Home with John and Kathy, sponsored in part by Young Adult Survivors United and Gaskian Associates. Details at wordfm.com. If you owe $27 trillion and you didn't have the money to pay it off, what would you need to do? Well, you need to make a lot more money, right? Well, now America's debt is more than $27 trillion, and right now taxes are at historically low levels. It doesn't take a genius to realize taxes will probably go up. Now think about your retirement accounts. Do you want to pay taxes on some of that money now when rates are lower or later when rates are much higher? 
Now, whether you should pay taxes now or in retirement depends on a lot of things. That's why Kirk Kenotic and Accurate Solutions Group has a free guide called You and Your Taxes to help you determine what's best for you. To get your copy of You and Your Taxes, call or text TAX to 412-515-3555. That's TAX to 412-515-3555. When taxes go up, will you be ready? Get this free guide from Kirk Kenotic and Accurate Solutions Group now. Call or text TAX to 412-515-3555. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. Our firm may not give tax advice. Don't let pests scare away your business. Get the help you need at BoozeBugStoppers.com. When cold drives pests and rodents inside, Boo and his Bug Stoppers team has your business covered. Get a free quote on your pest control and sanitation plan for the upcoming year. With no long-term contracts and a 100% satisfaction guarantee to treat your problem until it's gone. When it comes to solving your pest problem, who are you going to call? Booze Bug Stoppers at BoozeBugStoppers.com. Robinson Township Christian School celebrates a 40-year legacy of producing college-bound, lifelong learners whose lives are marked by wisdom, knowledge, and a compassion for others. At the airport area's only K-12 classical Christian school, students grow to love learning, think deeply, and communicate effectively from a biblical foundation. Robinson Township Christian School, now enrolling preschool through 12th grade at rtcsonline.org. When you really think about it, when you really listen, the story of Jesus as he works through Palm Sunday forward and then is resurrected on Easter, all those, those parentheses in that story. We know that story. If you're a believer in Jesus, you know that story so well that you think, I got this. Well, the fact of the matter is there's incredible nuance. There's such a deepness to it. And I think, you know, we just sell, we sell ourselves short if we think we've got this. Well, Daniel Darling is back with us. We loved the characters of Christmas. And he's back with the characters of Easter, the villains, heroes, cowards, and crooks who witness history's biggest miracles. Daniel, welcome back. Congratulations. Thanks for having me on. I love being on here with you on the radio in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Well, always good to have you, Dan. I'm super into this book. I'm showing it to all of the people watching on Facebook right now. If you're not watching the show, you can log on to Facebook and go to the ride home with John and Kathy. Um, Boy, Dan, you know, I spent a couple hours in your book today and I was just so touched by it. I really, really love the perspective that you're taking. So for people who aren't familiar with kind of your take on Easter and the previous book in the series on Christmas, um, talk about how you got started. Well, I've always been fascinated by character profiles. You know, when I was a kid and in college, I would listen to Chuck Swindoll, who would do these amazing uh, sermon series, character profiles of Moses and Joseph. And, and that biographies are probably my favorite form of uh, genre of book. And yeah. the Bible is full of rich characters. And I, I, I've always enjoyed that. And when you look at Easter, um, you know, we think of these people like Peter and John, we name buildings and cities and children after them. Uh, but we forget that they're just ordinary people uh, in the first century who are caught up in the greatest story ever told. And it's, I, I actually think that the, the type of people God chooses to cast in the story of Easter is not coincidental. I, I believe that the Bible is saying something even about the ordinariness and the, and the kind of people that uh, he chooses 
to put in the story. And I think it tells some about the kingdom of God, that the kingdom of God is mostly built uh, among ordinary people. Uh, a few of us have books or names or bylines or whatever, but most of the people in the church today that Christ is building in his church are people that uh, of whom the world is not worthy. And I think it's really interesting to look at Easter through the eyes of of these people. Yeah. And Dan, you know, I really love that you start off the characters of Easter by talking about failure. And of mm-hmm. course, Peter, right? I mean, you know, in hindsight, you would think, well, Peter, not a failure at all. But in the midst of it all, when Jesus really needed mm-hmm. him, what a massive failure. Man, I love talking about Peter. I've probably spent the most time on him because I feel yeah. like I resonate with him most often. Uh, I think most people do. The arc of his life, here's someone who at a young age uh, follows Jesus. Jesus pursues him slowly. Uh, first, Andrew comes to him and says, we have found him. We found the Messiah. And then Peter is the one who says, where else will we go? You have the words of eternal life. Uh, and then there's the scene where he designs Jesus, and he's at his lowest moment, where he's with an eyesight of Jesus. The Gospels capture that. And imagine how low he feels. And yeah, I think it was his best moment. He was emptied of his own uh, self-confidence and his own bravado. Peter thought he was more courageous and more brave than he really was. And yet Jesus uh, knew that Peter would be filled with the Spirit of God and would be the one who would be courageous uh, on the day of Pentecost preaching and would go to prison for his faith and would one day become um, a martyr for, for the gospel. So he would become that person who fights for Jesus and dies for Jesus. But it was not in his own strength. It was in the strength of the Spirit of God. And I think there's a lesson there for all of us that um, we think we're stronger than we are, but we don't God doesn't need us to be strong. He needs us to be weak, and he can fill us with his power and strength. Dan Darling is with us, Senior Vice President of the National Religious Broadcasters Association, the author of a whole bunch of books, including the latest one that we're talking about today, The Characters of Easter, The Villains, Heroes, Cowards, and Crooks Who Witnessed History's Biggest Miracle. Um, I'll tell you, Dan, the thing, I mean, I loved a lot of things about this Peter chapter, but I think the thing I love most is when you were kind of setting up what happened before Peter's denial, um, in a lot of ways, you gave me a lot more grace for Peter than I had before. I think, you know, you read Bible stories, especially when you've been a Christian for a while and you become so accustomed to what you know is going to happen that you almost can't see it in any other way than the way that you always see it. And so reading what you wrote kind of took me into a different place and saying, you know, the, the week before Jesus was arrested was incredibly tumultuous, you know, that Mm. you talk about how Peter had left everything and staked it all on the idea that Jesus was the promised Messiah. And of course, he's not going to allow himself to be arrested for like, he would never let that happen. Right. Um, how could that possibly happen? And then, of course, when it does happen, there's just this, you know, roller coaster of emotions, plus the whole thing with Judas. The, I mean, it's just and I'm not trying to excuse Peter's disavowal of Jesus, of course, but you also put it in a larger context that I think is consistent with the with the personality that we know of Peter. Yeah, I think we have to really walk in their shoes and see what what they're going through. And we are so hard on the biblical characters as if we would, you know, be so much better. And the truth is most of us would not have gone as far as Peter and John did and and the rest of the disciples. We would not have signed up for three years and left everything and followed him. Uh, For for a person, uh, this itinerant rabbi from Nazareth who had no place to lay his head, 
we would not have done that. And so it's easier for us in hindsight to say, you know, we're in our air conditioned uh, auditoriums with potted pews say, Oh, I can't believe Peter did that. Um, but actually we would have been just as bad. And I think just to walk through kind of what he was going through and why he felt like, um, you know, when the other disciples left, Peter follows Jesus into the courtyard. He's listening to the trial. I think most of his failure was not because he was a coward. I actually think he thought he was braver than he was. I think he thought he was more cunning and more crafty than he was. And the truth is, here he is stealing someone's sword and wielding it clumsily. And it's like, Peter, you're not a, a Roman soldier. You're a fisherman. You don't know how to use a sword. And then he's over you know, trying to sneak into the proceedings. And it's like, Peter, you're not a Navy SEAL, you're a fisherman. And, you know, by the time just getting to the place where he understood that if he is going to be strong for Jesus, not going to be his own strength, but the strength of the Spirit of God. And there's a lesson there for all of us, I think. Daniel Darling, his brand new work is called The Characters of Easter. Daniel, uh, thank goodness for Judas, right? Because how many millions of people or billions say, well, you know, I may be bad, but at least I'm not Judas, right? And the, <laughs> But the fact of the matter is, and you talk yeah. about this, that, you know, consider the statement, Judas was a gospel preacher. So, I mean, for a lot of Judas's life, he did good things. Yeah, isn't it hard to understand that, that we, yeah. we kind of skip ahead to the betrayal, right, where um, he's selling Jesus to the religious leaders for 30 pieces of silver. And obviously that is the first line in his obituary. However, we forget for three years, Judas was a gospel preacher. He was commissioned by Jesus to go uh, preach the gospel and to heal. There are probably, there will probably will be people in heaven. We will see that because of the preaching of Judas, if you can believe that. Uh, Judas is the one who is entrusted to be the treasurer. And you don't trust someone to be the treasurer unless you really know and understand and have no question about their integrity, right? And so yeah. it's just mind-boggling to think that this is the one who would actually betray him. Everybody in the first century would be stunned to learn that it was Judas that betrayed Jesus. Uh, it, like, if you were to, to get a profile of the Jesus follower, of the quintessential, stereotypical Jesus follower, it would be Judas. Everyone would say, he's all in, he's sold. And yet I think what happened with Judas is what happens often with us is that he was more infatuated with the idea of who Jesus, who he wanted him to be, rather than the actual Jesus who was. And slowly over time, his heart turned because Jesus is resisting all the trappings of setting up an earthly kingdom. He's, he's hiding instead of being made a king. He's pushing away people instead of drawing them. Uh, he's talking about his own death. He's resisting arrest. He's pushing back the armies of heaven and allowing himself to be arrested. These are not the things that a political revolutionary does. And I think what happened with Judas is that he cut his losses, and he got out of the Jesus movement. But then at the end of his life, he expresses some, uh, real remorse. And what's sad about the Judas story is he goes to the religious leaders who had used him. Instead of pointing him toward the one who could bear his sin and shame and offer him forgiveness— they don't. He finds no relief. And compare that with Peter. Peter denies the Lord but found, finds forgiveness and freedom in the one who he denied. Judas could have found that same freedom and forgiveness in the one he betrayed, but he didn't. 
That's really good. Dan, you brought up something I had not thought of while we're contrasting Peter and Judas. Um, and that is, I had not, like, I hadn't figured out how we knew the story of Peter betraying Jesus because nobody else other than Jesus was there. So the mm-hmm. only reason you say in your book that we know what Peter did is because he told everybody. He said, you know, this, and that's a really profound point to me and also brings up a line in the sand between how Peter was approaching uh, an intimacy with Jesus and how Judas was. That's, that's exactly right. I mean, Peter's account of betrayal is in all four Gospels. Um, and if you read all four of them, Peter is essentially back there by himself. And the only way anybody knows that story is he's telling it. And so you can imagine after the resurrection, as they're preaching the gospel around Jerusalem and then the, around the Roman Empire, Judah, uh, Peter is retelling that over and over again as part of the story, as if to say, if I can stand here as a disciple of Jesus, as someone forgiven who, who denied him, then you can too. So I think it gives us a window into who Peter was, that he did not hide his deepest failures, but he was transparent and vulnerable about them. Um, and the only reason we know them, obviously, the Holy Spirit inspired the gospel writers to include the story. But the only reason they knew the story is because Peter told it himself. That's really good. We're talking about the characters of Easter with Daniel Darling, his brand new work. Dan, what I love about this is you talk about character profiles, right? That the, each one of these people has a story. Peter, John, Judas, Barabbas, Pilate, Thomas, the Pharisees, the women at the tomb, Nicodemus. They all have stories. You open those stories up. Then you ask probing questions. And then what I really love is that you provide a little bit of a musical background as well for each character. You recommend a hymn or a contemporary Christian song as well, which is very cool. Yeah, I started doing that with the characters of Christmas book because there's such wonderful, rich hymnody with Christmas. And, uh, and I feel the same way with Easter that, you know, one of the one of the beautiful parts of our faith is the the creativity it inspires in terms of writing about uh, Easter and think of the songs about the cross and the songs about the resurrection and the ones that are are classic timeless hymns, but also the ones that are still being written. Right, I think of Andrew Peterson a couple of years ago with "Is He Worthy," which has become a, just a wonderful uh, hymn that we all love to sing. But then you think of the the uh, the classic hymns that I grew up singing, like you know the old rugged cross and and songs like that. And I, I think it's really important for us, not just to, um, as we prepare our heart to turn toward Holy Week, that we don't just, um, you know, think about, you know, the, the theology and the implications of it and, and meditation is all very important. But I think music and hymnody and is really important part of our worship and really shapes and uh, transforms our hearts. Well, it's a terrific new book. Appreciate all the uh, the effort that you put into it, Dan, for sending it to us. Dan Darling, look, I'm holding it up right here. The Characters of Easter. I love it. Um, I mean, look for it. Let me give you the subtitle because I can't hold it up and read it at the same time. The Characters of Easter, the villains, heroes, cowards, and crooks who witness history's biggest miracle. Thanks, Dan. This is an important notice to all U.S. taxpayers. The IRS is giving away billions of dollars in tax savings through a federal program called the Fresh Start Initiative to aid delinquent taxpayers. This initiative was established for anyone facing financial hardship and unable to pay their back taxes. Qualifying and enrolling in this program will stop all collections, settle your delinquent tax problem, and even reduce what you owe by thousands of dollars. Call the hotline at People's Tax Relief to see if you qualify and get this free information. 
information by dialing 800-351-4596. If you have unfiled tax returns or cannot afford to pay your personal or business back taxes, you can now get the help you need. One simple phone call can resolve your tax problem and save you thousands of dollars. To see if you qualify and to get this important free information, call 800-351-4596. Maybe you've heard about MediShare and you know what it is. It's the affordable alternative to health insurance. But you've wondered, can I really save a significant amount of money on my monthly health care bills? And the answer is an emphatic Yes, you can. You could save a lot of money, whether it's just for you or for an entire family. MediShare has an option for you. In fact, the typical family saves $500 a month switching to MediShare. And it really is the gold standard when it comes to healthcare sharing. You get free telehealth services. You get a huge network of doctors. You get great customer support. And you get the sense of security that comes from being a part of 400,000 people who share not just each other's medical bills, but purpose, too. MediShare is a community of Christians who pull together and pray for each other, which is very refreshing right now. If you want more info, it's so simple. You can get a price within two minutes. Call 844-45-BIBLE. That's 844-45-BIBLE. 844-45-BIBLE. We are limiting the number of people in the office. It's patients and staff members only. At Stock Family Dentistry, exceptional dentistry begins with safety. We look a little different. We have more gear on, hand sanitizing stations throughout the office, frequently disinfecting all common areas. We're even using a UV light. All of these precautions are put into place for our patient safety and our team member safety. On Perry High Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Robinson Township Christian School celebrates a 40-year legacy of producing college-bound, lifelong learners whose lives are marked by wisdom, knowledge, and a compassion for others. At the airport area's only K-12 classical Christian school, students grow to love learning, think deeply, and communicate effectively from a biblical foundation. Robinson Township Christian School, now enrolling preschool through 12th grade at rtcsonline.org. Well, two forces met for four days from disparate places in the world, Mm -hmm. uh, Pope Francis and the Iraqi government. And uh, say what you will, I mean, we can opine about the Catholic Church and the Iraqi government because there's a lot to say about both. But they came together, hopefully, in the spirit of truth and transparency, and the Pope was able to help calm some fears of Christians in Iraq that they would be left alone by the Iraqi government, who has been anything but kind and faithful to those who want to worship in peace. And I think that's probably the big takeaway. Will the Iraqi government allow Christians to worship in peace? Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently they were given, the, the Pope was, was given assurance that that would be a reality. Uh, but we'll see going ahead, going ahead, because okay. clearly the Iraqis had an agenda that was not pro-Christian at all, was it? Yeah, and it, um, but a lot of what happened to the church there wasn't necessarily the fault of the government. The government was just inept and weak uh, to impose any order whatsoever. You know, a, a lot of it was just, you know, guerrilla warfare. Um, so, you know, it's... Uh, Boy, the Iraqi thing, it just ended up so differently than any of us would have expected, right? Well, it's a mess. You know, right. I mean, imagine, you know, at the mess. beginning, you know, 
three months, six months after the U.S. invasion, we were thinking, oh, this is great. This is going to be a new, you know, new seat of democracy in the Middle East. And, um, you know, things didn't go as we thought they would. They sure didn't. Anyway, listen, anytime people can get together and speak about peace, especially as a Christian peace in this world, people can congregate and worship our Lord and Savior. Very good thing. So pray for that to move forward, that people's word is a good word. One hundred one point five W O R D F M Pittsburgh on your smart speaker by saying "Play the Word Pittsburgh" and on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at Radio.com. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. The latest from the CDC: Fully vaccinated Americans can gather with other vaccinated people indoors without wearing a mask or social distancing. That's according to long-awaited guidance from federal health officials. Officials say a person is considered fully vaccinated two weeks after receiving the last required dose of vaccine. About 30 million Americans, or about 9% of the U.S. population, have been fully vaccinated. Judge Peter Cahill, who is overseeing the trial of Derek Chauvin, a former Minneapolis police officer accused in the death of George Floyd, has paused jury selection. That's while an appeals is proceeding over the possible reinstatement of a third-degree murder charge. Wall Street ending mix. The Dow gained 306 points. The Nasdaq lost 311. The S&P dropped 20. This is SRN News. When it comes to your child's education, consistency is key. And in a world that's been anything but, parents have found a consistent educational partner in Eden Christian Academy, where high-quality, safe, consistent in-person instruction has been happening all year long at each of their three North Hills campuses. Take a tour during admissions week beginning March 15th and see what a consistent quality pre-K through 12th grade education can offer your child at EdenChristianAcademy.org. Mortgage commercials are rarely exciting. So to make it slightly more interesting, here are my nieces to do it for me. So interest rates continue to drop like my sister's baby teeth. Come on, Uncle Ryan had to say the same thing last year. That's true. Last year, it was rates are boring talk historically low. And now this year, they're somehow even more boring talk historically lower than the previous boring talk historically low. Sounds boring. But for so many listeners who just haven't wanted to deal with it, refinancing right now could save you massive amounts of Lego sets. Rates have gotten that low. Some borrowers could potentially save hundreds monthly and tens and tens of thousands over the life of a loan. And if you didn't put 20% down before, some could even stop having to pay PMI. Give Uncle Ryan a shot. We are United Faith Mortgage. We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. United Mortgage Corp. Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. Allstate now has deeper savings. And deeper savings require deep thoughts and a deep voice. Like mine. Save for being a new customer. Save more for adding DriveWise and save even more for driving safely. Visit Allstate.com or contact your local agent for a quote today. As someone once said, saving today is money tomorrow. That's deep. Not available in every state. New customer savings based on early signing discount. Drive ice is an optional feature. Savings vary based on how you buy. Subject to terms and conditions. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Northbrook, Illinois. The Pittsburgh Airport Area Chamber of Commerce is ready to help you with the 100% free-to-use Clever RX app. 
access prescription drug savings on thousands of FDA-approved medications at pharmacies nationwide and beat your copay over 80% of the time. Visit the Pittsburgh Airport Area Chamber now to learn more at paacc.com slash cost dash savings and never overpay for a prescription drug again. That's paacc.com slash cost dash savings. Where can you find a mattress store that truly puts your needs first? Only here at the Original Mattress Factory. Our team is here with a no-pressure approach to help you find the right mattress to meet your unique needs. Whether it's back support, comfort, or long-term durability you're seeking, nobody knows more about what makes a great mattress great. We want to make sure you're prepared to make the best choice for you, whether you buy from us or not. Stop by your local OMF store to see the Original Mattress Factory difference for yourself. Tonight, we'll see partly cloudy skies. Expect a low tonight of 40. Tomorrow, mild with times of clouds and sunshine. Expect a high tomorrow of 61. Tomorrow night, we'll see clear to partly cloudy skies with a low of 39. It'll be warm Wednesday with intervals of clouds and sunshine. Wednesday will reach a high of 64. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Well, good afternoon. Thanks for being with us for the 5 o'clock hour of The Ride Home. Kathy, I think the uh, the big news yesterday, uh, of course, wasn't the Super Bowl. But for a lot of people, it was must-see TV. The question is, did you watch 8 o'clock last night? You know, I didn't. And I just forgot it was on. I knew it was on. Yeah, mm-hmm. you chose not to. We, I mean, we did I, not even, watch. even if I would have remembered, I don't think I would have chosen to watch it. You know, I. You know, it seems like. Well, see now, I feel badly saying. Don't feel so. Just. Well, I don't know. I, I wait from, as they said as they said last night. Speak your truth. Is it time for me, Mike? It's time for me to speak, speak my truth. Your I truth hope you're ready. Said, right? um, no, I just. It seems like a <laughs> lot. It. I really want to honor the fact that this man and this woman are individuals who can have their own life experiences. Wait, who do you mean this man and this the woman? Harry, huh? Harry and Megan, they can have their own life experiences. I'm sure their life experience are every bit as valid as the average person. I get that. Um, but they're not more valid than the average person. Oh, no, and I no, think they're that's, much more. I think that's where we crossed over somehow in like our looking at the royal family is that somehow we either make them less than or more than. Instead of just saying they're super rich people who landed where they are because of their genetics. And that's really the end of the story. Pretty much. Yeah. All right. So even after watching The Crown, which I've loved, I love oh The Crown miniseries. I mean, it's, so it's super good. well done. So good. But, you know, we as Americans, we like you're saying, we tend to look at the royals as something extra special, something, you know. So there's what? Uh, what's it? Is it Prince Harry? Yep. Prince Harry and his uh, new wife. Meghan Markle. I didn't know. I do not know her. I've not seen. Was it Suits? Was that the TV show that she was? Oh, on? but you never watched Suits. Nope. I could care oh, I less. I watched Suits for years. So, Mike, a... do you watch Suits? Never even heard of it. Oh my no. gosh, you guys! Sorry. Well, I'm not it recommending it... it. It's not a show for children. What did it air on? Anyone who has a moral compass. <laughs> was it on live television? Was it a, like a, a network was... show? Yeah, yeah, it was a network show. It was on uh, USA, I believe. Okay, so there she is. 
I mean, you were saying, fine. That's fine. So uh, a TV actress marries British royalty. Not the first time that's happened. And then apparently there's bad blood. Not the first time that's happened. So there's such bad blood. And, of course, the nefarious British tabloids, which no one would want to be touched by them. Right? I don't care who you are. All that toxic mix forces the aforementioned royal couple to flee Britain, first to Canada and then to Los Angeles, where they have said, we'll no longer be the members of the royal family. We separate ourselves. We don't want your money, but we would like to have some security. Well, they, would, they, they do want their money, but they're going to so, say that they don't want them. Then last night, Oprah Winfrey uh, and 17.1 million people apparently tuned in to hear a litany of grievances against Which is the... a little precious to me. I mean, come on. Like you're, I, we got people who haven't had a job in a year. We've had people who, who lost family members that they weren't allowed to say goodbye to at right. the end of their life. And we've got like former Royals who are talking about the gravity of their life experience. Again, I, I'm not trying to minimize it, but I'm also saying like, I don't know if we all needed to hear about that. Right. I mean, I agree. I could have cared less, but basically, but I know a lot of people do enjoy the Royals. Sure. I mean, on, on the flip side. So, you know, if you weren't you know, focusing on the horrors at Buckingham Palace, you could be focusing on the horrors at Bath and, Be- and Bath and Body Works. So, you know, you do that. You See, you almost said Bed Bath and Beyond, didn't you? Right. Yeah. Bath mm-hmm. and Body Works. So apparently mm-hmm. right. there's a video circulating um, on the, uh, the internet where a couple of customers who have been cited criminally and some store employees, holy smokes. I mean, there was a brouhaha, and that's the brew in the haha. I'm and they went you, at it. It was a it was a serious I, brawl. Now I don't know where this bath and body works is. Do you it's know? In Arizona. John? Arizona. Okay. John, Mike, have you seen this video? No, I haven't. Okay, oh. so pic- so picture this. So there's a there's a video that started and it's kind of after the incident has begun. So you can't see the like opening salvo. Um, however, there is instantly a, there are people waiting in line to purchase their little tiny cheap products from Bath and Body Works and a brawl breaks out. Okay. There are like punches being thrown there. There's one woman who's a customer who is so like enamored of her point of view that she is swinging and has to be subdued by four different Bath and Body Work employees in their little blue and white aprons. Right. Now I bring this up because when I saw this this morning, of course, uh, you know, on the aforementioned the internet, there are more than several. I mean, there's probably a good 15 or 20 of these videos that are out there where irate customers and poor employees of the establishments, they're going toe to toe and then some. I uh-huh. mean, it's like it's like a wrestling match. It's like a it's like a boxing match. It's surprising no one's been injured badly. It now, is. I would imagine whether it's the Royals and their grievances or the customer in the line at uh, Bath and Body Works, there's going to be some trials. There'll be some lawsuits that have taken place here, right? Yeah. The grievances no. will be aired. Okay. Well, yes. Money so will be awarded. Yes. Yeah, so there, there will be some, you know, it'll be before Judge Judy. And you know, these, these two crazy women are going to be there, like, talking about their point of view. And we're all going to be looking, thinking what's happened to America. Heaven help us. Some other lesson we could draw from this, though. What is the lesson? Please be careful what you wear to the mall. Because several of the women who are in this video are wearing outfits that should not be, A, 
warned them all. And B should not be videotaped. Yeah, but that presupposes you know what you're going to do. That you're going to go get into a fist fight before you go matter. to the mall. Okay, let's but just, I'm going to wear proper attire. So when all of a sudden no, they're no. on me. Now let's all just decide as responsible people that before we go to the mall, we're not going to wear stuff like that. Okay? And then in case we do get into a brawl, then we won't look nutty. In front of like the eyes of seventeen million people. Who's going to who get into a, are you, what? Are you really considering going to the mall to get into a fight when you dress? I'm just say, no. Of I course, mean, I'm not talking about the, of that. No, but I'm just the, trying to put out perhaps a public service encouragement for people who are listening to the program. I who mean, might we, we're talking about the armor of God, not about the armor of the mall. It's just <laughs> right? okay. Okay, so 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 we're armor talking the the first mall. brawl was the one. <laughs> It was the ongoing one that Megan had with her in-laws. Okay. The firm, all those yeah, people. Right, now right. we're talking about the one at Bed Bath or see, I'm doing it now at Bath and Body Works. Right. Now yep. the one just sounds a lot better. The one at Bath and Body Works looks a lot worse, mm. but they have a lot of similarities. Because people are really hot. Yeah. I mean, we can't, we cannot open up soon enough. Can we? I'm telling I wonder, you. I wonder, will there be a cooling off period once we open up? Will the temperature drop in the room? Well, everybody just going to go, okay, my Relax bad. A little my bit. bad. I'm sorry. I'm bad. My, I'm just going to settle down here. Right. Everyone, so. please. That's what I'm predicting. You think we'll go I to think... like outdoor concerts and everyone's going to like jam a little bit, you know, just relax a little. Let's hope so. I okay, think there boy. might have, we might have to get over the initial speed bump though. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, heaven Same. help us all. Better days are ahead. I do believe that. Okay, Truly good. better days are no, ahead. I like it. I like okay. it. Okay. Let's take a quick break. Come back. Uh, when you think about your church, a lot of times, especially in the old days, it was a neighborhood church. We've moved beyond that. We're going to talk about a true neighborhood church, people gathering in the living room of their pastor. That's next. Pittsburgh's Christian Talk, Word FM. 101.5 WORD. Next time on The Journey with Ron Moore. Salvation is only through Jesus. He's the beginning of salvation when we trust in Him. He empowers us to live a life that pleases Him. And He's the source of eternal salvation. Hi, I'm Ron Moore. You have an incredible journey ahead with us each morning at 1130, Monday through Friday, right here on 101.5 Word FM. Don't let pests haunt your home this winter. Get the help you need at boozebugstoppers.com. When bats and rodents move in, Boo and his Bug Stoppers team are ready to serve them an eviction notice. Get a free quote on your pest problem today with no long-term contracts and a 100% satisfaction guarantee to safely treat your problem until it's gone. When it comes to solving your pest problem, who are you going to call? Boo's Bug Stoppers at boozebugstoppers.com. It's totally normal to be constipated with belly pain, straining, and bloating again and again. No way. You could have a chronic condition called irritable bowel syndrome with constipation, or IBSC. Linzess, or linaclotide, is a prescription that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives to help relieve belly pain and let you have more frequent and complete bowel movements. Individual results may vary. Do not give to children less than 6, and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess. If you have a bowel blockage, get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Lens S and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. Talk to your doctor today 
You may be able to save on Lens S and make fewer trips to the pharmacy. See if you're eligible to pay as little as $30 for 90 days. Visit LensS.com or call 1-800-L-I-N-Z-E-S-S. Sponsored by Abbey and Ironwood Pharmaceuticals. When it comes to your child's education, do you feel like you have a partner in your current school? Or is it more like you're on your own? As you look ahead to next year, now's a perfect time to consider a quality Christian education with a school who will be a true educational partner for you and your family. Many of our area's finest Christian schools are offering half-price tuitions for first-time enrollees, like Champion Christian School in Champion, PA. Find a school that's right for you at wordfm.com tuitions. Your business is ready for a reboot, a recharge. The way our companies operate has changed. The changes haven't been easy, but there's help. The marketing team at Salem Surround gives you the tools needed to stand out and be visible to current and potential customers online right now looking for what you do. We can design a plan that targets potential customers with proven marketing strategies. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. I think it's safe to say that a lot of us grew up in neighborhood churches where maybe, a, you know, in my instance, my church was just a few blocks away from my house. So you'd go to worship and you'd see your neighbors. I mean, people that you, you know, see raking leaves or, you know, you'd see in the grocery store, you'd talk to on the, on the corner there, there, they were, they were bowing their head and singing with you. Well, we moved beyond that in Christendom. It feels as though, you know, the rise of the mega church and thousands and thousands of people say what you will, good, bad, or otherwise, but there is also a return back to very small, even beyond the neighborhood church, very small, very intimate worship. Reverend Jessica Katula joins us. Reverend Katula is the lead pastor of the Practicing Church in Shoreline, Washington, and she she shepherds a very small church at her own house. And uh, Pastor, welcome to the show. How are you today? Good, good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, our sure. Pleasure. Yeah, this is a really uh, fascinating story to me. I did not grow up with a neighborhood church in a neighborhood church like John did. Um, we had, you know, we drove twenty five minutes to church every single Sunday the year, um, the years I was growing up. And so, hearing your story about, you know, working, uh, being a part of a church that, you know, people did drive to, and then all of a sudden one day thinking, wait, maybe church should look different than this is just really fascinating. So talk about what made you decide that church should be done differently for you. Uh, yeah, I think I, you know, I grew up in the church and uh, my parents were actually pastors and I had been a worship leader for years and years. Um, but I'd hit a point in my life where I just felt um, very weary. I was kind of burnt out and just felt very weary of our models of church and just was very tired, frankly, of all just the incongruence of church and, um, you know, hurtful experience and the incongruence even in my own life that I felt in terms of like, you know, just kind of like, First um, Corinthians 13, you know, if you do all these amazing things um, for God, but you do not have love, then what does it matter? And so I was kind of had given up ministry and uh, was kind of in a period of, of healing and discerning. And um, then I stumbled across, uh, I was a director at the nonprofit um, 
for our church and started a uh, certificate program at the Seattle School called Leadership in the New Parish. And so it was all about kind of this neighborhood. And I didn't really know what I was signing up for. I just knew that we needed to think differently about how to be the church in um, this century. And so, uh, so much resonated there um, in terms of uh, living a life that maybe it was even possible to, to follow the way of Jesus. Because I felt like so often in my ministry experience, we were talking about love. We were talking about loving neighbor and, and you know, growing in formation to be more like Christ. But in terms of like the actual structure of my life, you know, I was getting pulled out of my neighborhood all the time to go to meetings and more meetings and, and, um, you know, with jobs and kids and life, um, I found very little time, which was a a source of frustration to me to really feel like I was um, being faithful to what Jesus would ask of me. So just this resonated. I felt like, well, maybe this is actually possible if we can um, begin to follow Jesus in our everyday lives together, um, yes. maybe this makes sense. Yeah, maybe the fact that it looks different would be a good thing. A good thing, yeah, indeed. So then, mm-hmm. then talk about that then. So where you are now is not, of course, like where you started out with the Shoreline Church. Um, mm-hmm. It used to be one thing, but talk about what happens at your house on Sunday or Wednesday or whenever you choose to gather. How big is your congregation, so to speak? And what does that feel and look like? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's been quite a um, a, a journey <laughs> and a transformation of our community. Um, and in many ways, you know, uh, our church looks very similar, um, it, well, I would say in terms of the elements, like we gather weekly. Um, right now it's over Zoom, but I'm going to talk about just life normally. Okay, <laughs> um, uh, we we gather weekly and, you know, we open the scriptures, we worship together, we pray, there's liturgies, we share the sacraments of communion. So in that way, it's very similar. But I think the difference um, really is that we don't see that being church, those one or mm. two hours of the week, we see, you know, the, the other, we don't attend church. We believe that we are the church. And so we're really seeking to um, be the church together in the other 166 hours of the week. Um, so Pastor, so, how many people gather? I'm sorry. How many people gather on a Sunday? Yeah. I mean, is it, is it a hundred people, uh, 200 people? I mean, what's the size of your church? <laughs> no, it's very small. Yeah. We, we probably have, you know, 30 to 35 people gather um, on a Sunday morning. Um, but, you know, many live here close in the neighborhood. And, um, and so we see each other on um you know, different days of the week we interact. And we also, one of the things that um, is different about our community is that I don't see just that community of, of believers as the entire picture. We also host a Wednesday meal where we just invite neighbors from all over and that um, we have another like 20, 25 people that come to that. And then we participate um, 
in lots of different things in the community. And so in, in many ways, in terms of my time and our resources as a community, um, we see our neighbor, like we are pastors um, of our neighborhood, you know, that we are mm, I love that. Um, not just yeah. the 30 people that, you know, show up, but uh, we see ourselves as being a part of a yeah. fat, weaving a fabric of love together in our neighborhood. So that's good. So you're pastors of your neighborhood, all of you together. That's fabulous. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> okay, so let me just let me just detail a couple things from this article um, about you and your church that you guys have done, just to give our listeners kind of an idea. Um, it right. says that you guys have volunteered on local task forces devoted to hunger and homelessness. You've offered cups of coffee to people outside a meth clinic, started book clubs in a neighborhood garden. Uh, you threw a 70th birthday party for a man who was recently widowed, organized a month-long meal train for a new mom, raised money to help an immigrant family settle into an apartment, supported a Black-owned coffee shop, secured housing for a homeless couple. When a neighbor's sister died, um, you invited the neighbor's mom to stay at your house while they settled family affairs. So that's the kind of stuff you're talking about. None of that is like super dramatic, but that could be a, like a life-changing thing that you did for an individual person. Um to, to, I guess if you want to pick one of those experiences or just talk about all of them and how that's kind of changed how you're all looking at the work that you're doing. Yeah, um, I do. I think it's, um, it's really about relationship, but I think it's in the context of relationships that uh, we ought, is where the most transformation happens, you know, even our own relationships with God, right. And mm-hmm. being transformed by God's love. So um, yeah, we don't want to do things um, super pro- programmatic um, in terms of we want to build relationships. And um, and I do think that those are the things that are the most transformative. It's one thing to, you know, offer, you know, food or offer um, some services. And of course, you know, we want to be a part of, of that. I mean, there's a place for that that's needed. But um, but what about, you know, these long-term relationships where you're walking alongside people? Um, and so that's kind of more of our, our model. I mean, just recently, that one couple uh, that you said, uh, they just got into housing and, you know, we were able to go um, over there and, you know, kind of celebrate it with COVID. So, you know, we had masks and stuff, but just what, what an amazing thing to celebrate um, with them that after all of this long journey that they had finally secured housing and, um, and, you know, they're a part of our community and they're known and they're loved. And um, so those are the types of things, yeah, that we want to just kind of, um, we see, you know, the gospel, not just as, um, uh, not just in terms of our spiritual salvation, but holistically, like, um, you know, I believe that, you know, all of creation, all of the, the, the social and the spiritual and the, um, uh, the, uh, Justice kind of coming in a holistic way to people and together, all together. So I think yeah. It, yeah, yeah. 
We're talking with the Reverend Jessica Catula. She's the lead pastor of the Practicing Church in Shoreline, Washington. We saw this piece at faithandleadership.com. And, and, and Pastor, what I love about this, a couple of things. You know, um, in the article, it describes that you had put some signage out, you know, whether on telephone poles or whatnot. And somebody in your neighborhood where you meet at your house every Sunday with 30 people or so saw this and, and thought, you know, I'm paraphrasing, who are these crazy people doing this? <laughs> And then she showed up and loved it. And your next door neighbor, who is not a believer, who's been living in that neighborhood for 30 years, but she still supports you because she sees the goodness that you're doing in the neighborhood of loving on people. You know, she says that you know, and your church knows more people in the neighborhood, and she's been there 30 years. So that to me is a very powerful thing that you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, the one neighbor that you're talking about, Courtney, she uh, who came to the party, she had seen something. We had posted it actually on next door, and she thought <laughs> that because we just did like an open invitation. But you yeah. know that party, we had probably I don't know if it was just curiosity because people were like, who are these people? Because um, we also had you know put invitations around in the neighborhood. I um, but we had like. 35, you know, neighbors that when we moved in and, and invited people just to a holiday party. And, um, but yeah, it's really been, um, so fun to, to do that and to, um, just create, I mean, that's, this is what we're missing, right. And the fragmentation yeah, of yeah. our culture and sure. as we've divested from place, we're missing the, the care that comes when you know your neighbors in a place right. and where you can really yeah, love one another. So That's good. Yeah. So then if people, you know, I know that you've used a model for this, and there is a model that people can follow along if they were interested in recreating this in some way, isn't there? Yes, yes. One of the, um, you know, the organization that I have been um, learning from is Parish Collective, and uh, they are kind of fostering and helping kind of connect people that have a similar heart in this all across the globe, really. Um, and so, yeah, there are some ways uh, that people can begin to kind of, you know, there's lots of good books. They wrote one called The New Parish and and just kind of beginning to reimagine what it might mean to be the church in That's our neighborhood. Very nice. That's terrific. That's the Reverend Jessica Catula, lead pastor of the Practicing Church in Shoreline, Washington. Thanks for being here, Jessica. Thank you. Thanks for having That's me. Our pleasure. Yeah. The Parish Collective. It's a great story. People gathering in the community, loving and knowing your neighbor, your neighbors. Come on, smile. Oh, honey, he's still not smiling. Maybe he's not a smiler. Yeah, maybe he's just not a happy baby. Maybe he's just being a boy. Or maybe he's teething. Maybe it's just a phase. Maybe he has autism, and we can definitely do something to help. Maybe is all you need to find out more about autism. No big, joyful smiles by six months is one early sign. Learn the others at AutismSpeaks.org signs. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Some home repairs simply can't wait for spring, especially a leaky roof or drafty old windows. You can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. With over 50 years experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, windows, gutters and downspouts, siding, entry doors, even decks. 
A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Don't put it off. Right now, Windows R Us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Get new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office. Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, or composite. To show their appreciation to word listeners, you'll also get 10% off your total project when you mention this station. Get 12 months no interest, no processing fee, and 10% off, backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. That's WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. I think it's fair to say that we live in very contentious times. And I don't know about you. Of course, when you look at the sweep of history, we've been here before. But there's something about the age we live in now where people wear their wokeness or their outrage or whatever it is that they claim as their demeanor on their sleeve. And it is above all, be all the most important thing in their lives. Right. So people who say I'm a conservative or I'm a Trumper or I'm a never Trumper or whatever it is, however people want to approach it, that's like their calling card. That's the environment that they see themselves in, the family that they say they come from and the only community they want to be a part of. Oftentimes at the most important thing, which is all of us are children of God. I don't know about you, but getting a quality education, especially a Christ centered education is a very difficult thing in this day and age. That's why Kath and I are very happy our children have been at Grove City College. It's important to claim who you are, but more important to know that you're a child of God as you involve yourself in rigorous studies. So when college students look at the world, is it just about being a conservative or being woke? Or is it about something bigger and broader and more important than that? One of the reasons that we love Grove City is because they look at the whole person. And so we ask you, if you'd like to investigate a school that's going to train your child in something bigger and better, consider Grove City, gcc.ed. Listen on your smart speaker, the Word FM app at wordfm.com, iHeart, TuneIn, and on radio.com, in the car or at home too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Tonight, we'll see partly cloudy skies. Expect a low tonight of 40. Tomorrow, mild with times of clouds and sunshine. Expect a high tomorrow of 61. Tomorrow night, we'll see clear to partly cloudy skies with a low of 39. It'll be warm Wednesday with intervals of clouds and sunshine. Wednesday will reach a high of 64. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Does this make sense? Does what make sense? Ads on YouTube. <laughs> You're watching a live concert, as yeah. my husband and I were doing last night. Well, Rival Sons, by the way. There's, there are two unbelievable Rival Sons live shows that you can watch right now on YouTube. But you're right in the middle of a song. Yeah. It's not like the song has paused. And YouTube is going to come on and insert at like a Geritol ad. That's well, not the, when it's going. You are in the middle of a song, right? Like the guitar player is in the middle of a ripping solo. And then instantly you're in a progressive ad. So does the band benefit from the ads? I don't think the band benefits from the ad. Oh, well, and here's the thing. If they do benefit from the ad, they're actually not benefiting from the ad okay. because it's so poorly placed. All right. Here's here's a deal. I have several minds of this, but Hulu, which I enjoy as a streaming service, 
has a very interesting service that they count down for me, which YouTube does that as well. So if you're counting down and I know where I am in time, I can look away, I can do whatever. And I know that in 36 seconds, I'm coming back and I'm good. So it makes sense to me because they got bills to pay too, like everybody else. Right. So yeah, I'd say yes, it makes sense. No, you're wrong. Nope. No, you're wrong. It does not make sense because the placement is so egregious mm. and invasive that it makes me angry. And I don't want to buy Geritol or shop at Progressive because I don't like the fact that they invaded my rival son's live concert that many times. Makes sense to me. Doesn't make sense to you. All right. Does this make sense? Now, I think that I'm a beneficiary of having five sisters in my life, mm. for better or worse. Remember, as a kid, I would like love to play with that uh, the um, the eyelash curler, the eye, uh, eyelash curler, which to me was like the ultimate sort of like weird torture device. I couldn't believe women were actually using that. On now, I see these signs: eyebrow threading. Oh think, yeah! What the heck are they doing with threads and eyebrows? Oh, I had yeah. to look that up because you know, mm-hmm. you know, I'm talking to my wife. My wife's like, "I'm not doing that." What's it now? There's like it's an Iranian thing that came oh, yeah. to America like in the in the 20s. Oh yeah! And all of a sudden, you're taking a for this precise eyebrow flow. Oh, I've had that done, John. Don't you what? worry? Does that make sense? Uh, well, it's a little terrifying while it's going on. Yeah, I will tell you that. I think it does make sense. I think it does. Now it does not. I. You, it de- kind of depends on the kind of eyebrows you have, not to get too technical. Yeah. But so I think depending on the person, I would say yes, indeed, John, it does actually make sense. All right. Look, I like the little curler thing. So the threading thing makes sense to me as well. You should Eyebrow go threading. see it in sure. person. You'd lose your mind. Oh, that's it's kind of weird, but people do interesting things. 101.5 WORD. Turning Point with David Jeremiah. He'll be there with you. He will never leave you. He won't forsake you. You can count on it. There is no greater adventure you can ever get involved in than doing what God calls you to do and just waiting to see how he's going to show up and help you do it. Join Dr. David Jeremiah for his series, What Are You Afraid Of? Next time on Turning Point. This evening at 7.30 on 101.5 WORD. Let's call it the couch cushion dash. This is the moment when you need a tip for the pizza man, a few bucks for your kid's lunch, or you can't say no to the sweet eight-year-old and her thin mints. But you've got no cash and no other options but to tear apart the house, searching for hidden money. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage. And it's funny how we can usually find a way to scrounge together a few bucks hidden around our house. Shame on you if it's from your kids' piggy banks. For many Word FM listeners, though, there's enough money sitting inside your home to buy a swimming pool full of thin mints. Home values have gone up across the country the last few years, leaving many of us with a good chunk of equity tucked inside our homes that we could cash out to use for life. If you'd like us to help, we our United Faith Mortgage. We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. That's out-of-pocket money you have to pay before closing. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. What can give you a competitive edge in today's red-hot housing market? Rocket can. That's because Rocket Mortgage can give you a verified approval. It could help your offer stand out. Because when you find the perfect home, you don't want to lose it to anybody else. Rocket Technology provides a rock-solid verification of your income, assets, and credit, giving sellers and their agents greater confidence in you. We've already helped over 1 million clients just like you reach their home financing goals this year alone. 
So remember this. What can help you buy the home you really want? Rocket can. Go to rocketmortgage.com or call us today at 8338-ROCKET. That's rocketmortgage.com or call 8338-ROCKET. A verified approval is based on an underwriter's analysis of your individual financial information appraisal and title report. Call for cost information and conditions equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states at MLSConsumeraccess.org number 3030. Don't let pests scare away your business. Get the help you need at BoozeBugStoppers.com. When cold drives pests and rodents inside, Boo and his Bug Stoppers team has your business covered. Get a free quote on your pest control and sanitation plan for the upcoming year. With no long-term contracts and a 100% satisfaction guarantee to Treat your problem until it's gone. When it comes to solving your pest problem, who are you going to call? Booze Bug Stoppers at BoozeBugStoppers.com. Well, during these last 365-plus days, we have, I believe, for better or worse, gotten to know our families pretty darn well, Mm -hmm. right? For better or worse. So... The family unit matters, right? Despite what you hear from a secular perspective, it is good and well to have a strong family unit in this world. Glenn Stanton is with us. Glenn is a Federalist senior contributor who writes and speaks out about family, gender, and art. The director of family formation studies at Focus on the Family, the author of the brand new book, The Myth of the Dying Church. He blogs at glennstanton.com. And Glenn, welcome to the show. Uh, This is a really important message. Thanks for being with us. Hey, you bet. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Glenn, you know, we've talked a lot about the impact that COVID's had on pretty much every single sector of the population. And depending on where the age that someone is, depending on the health status, depending on the employment status, it really has determined how well they have been able to fare in the uh, coronavirus uh, era. And certainly kids are no um, exception to that. Talk about what we know about how kids like between, I would say like five and 18 have done during, during COVID-19 and what has impacted either their success or their struggle. Well, it's interesting, and I love the way you set that up, because we ask the question, has this COVID year been tough on kids? You know, the answer is yes. It has been tough on all of us. But we at Focus on the Family, I do research there, and I dig into these questions, and I ask the question, but what has the impact of greater family time had on the well-being of kids? And surprisingly, but not surprisingly, You know, this idea, the fact that kids are having to spend more time with mom and dad and their own siblings, you know, than they typically ever have, that's actually research is showing maybe has powerfully mitigated, if you will, some of the um, negative and, and understandably negative impacts of the COVID shutdown. And that is what the research is showing us and telling us. Very interesting. I was out early this morning, Glenn, maybe like around uh, 930 or so. I drove by a local school and I happened upon what I imagined to be recess. I mean, kids were out. It's a nice day here in the city of Pittsburgh. And so kids were out with their coats on. They were running around. I mean, it was a throwback. It made me feel really good that, you know, structures are coming down finally and people are starting to move a little bit. But at the same time, I think a lot of us know families who have been impacted here deeply by this. And the, the horror of it all is some some of us know families whose children have, you know, taken their own lives. That's the far extreme 
of COVID lockdown and the difficulty of family life. Speak about that, because we've heard stories about this, and you might know people who are connected to that. Well, we have heard stories about this. In fact, Jim Daly came to me one day, and um, he said, Glenn, you know, we're hearing all these stories about COVID lockdowns and isolation and things like that and spiking youth suicide. Can you dig into the data and and see if that's really true? Well, what's true is there are stories here and there, but the story of whether uh, youth suicide is actually spiking over the COVID year there is some interesting indications that maybe it has not been as bad as we think it is. Now, first of all, what I found and what we know is that the, unfortunately, the suicide rate among our young people has been increasing pretty significantly over the last 10 to 15 years. But there is some indication out of from a scholar um, from San Diego State University. Her name is Jean Twenge, one of the leading scholars looking at what's happening with young people. She said that in some research that she did this year, that in terms of loneliness and depression, that 2020 has actually been better than it was in previous years. And she thinks it could be because even though kids may complain about having to spend time with mom and dad, actually spending more time with mom and dad in the lockdown has been a comforting thing for them. And she's very clear about that. I mean, there's no definitive case, but she says from what she sees in her research, um, those things add up that, yes, if COVID has not been as tough on young people as it has been on, you know, a lot of other kind of folks, um, then perhaps it's the, um, the, the solving effect of, of, you know, closer, intimate family relationships that's helping. Let's hope so. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I, I, uh, I saw an article that basically spoke exactly in the same vein in the Atlantic, maybe three months ago. It was fascinating. I don't know what I was expecting. Um, but it, it, so it, it, base it it started at the beginning of covid and so this is where kids between the ages of like 10 and 18 were the amount of time that they were spending online what they were doing online um and then they kind of traced the progression of how that changed over covid and the conclusions that they came to and i wish i could give some attribution to the uh article authors but i, I never thought about the article until just now but they basically said that over covid uh the teens time in front of a screen didn't change, but what screens they were in front of and who they were in front of them with changed. So instead of being on Instagram for hours and hours and hours at a time, they were still in front of a screen because with COVID, but they were watching TV, they're watching movies with their mom and dad or with their siblings or whatever. And the, and basically the conclusion of the article was how much, how help much healthier they were emotionally in spite of how desperate things were pandemic wise and how scary the whole thing was and how disconcerting and everything. But because of their closer nuclear relationships, it had really helped the, the emotional status of all involved to improve. It was, it was amazing. Now you get a raise today because you did extra work. Jean Twangy is the author of that article. She, I mean, like she is the person that people go to for that kind of information. No way. Because she knows her stuff. Yeah. And she writes for the Atlantic. And that's exactly, I mean, you said it better than I could. 
of how things were changing. Yes, screen time was still there. We think about that as a bad thing. But no, it matters the different kinds of screens. Snuggled up on the couch next to mom and dad, you know, eating popcorn and talking and joking. You know, those are those family-rich times that are not isolated. They're together in that way. And COVID, I mean, you know, we talk about, you know, Netflix, um, you know, streaming bombing, you know, like just watching show after show after show. Well, typically we're doing those kinds of things together. And there's a silver lining in that sort of thing, that that togetherness is having a very positive impact, um, according to many indicators. That's good. From Focus on the Family, we're speaking with Glenn Stanton, talking about the family unit matters, perhaps now more than ever. So, Glenn, what about this? I mean, we live in a, in a family, particularly not family-friendly age, right? This secular age where anything goes. But it's good that Focus and you in particular are talking about the importance of family, especially two-parent families. Well, and that's it. And we need to remind people that, again, the family is a good thing. I mean, you know, if you heard a journalist saying, oh, my goodness, look what kids are facing. They're having to spend so much time at home with their families. You know, we're kind of conditioned to think, oh, my goodness, that's horrible. Well, no, it's not horrible. It's a good thing. And parents need to know. And the research is very clear. And I face this with my own kids. You know, they roll their eyes at your dumb dad jokes and You know, you're always asking them questions and getting in their business, and they act as if they don't like it. But remember, we acted that very same way when we were that age. I mean, it's just a part of nature. But they would not trade us for the world. I mean, poll after poll after poll of young people consistently shows us that they rank their parents as more important and influential than even their peers and friends. So parents, I mean, know that you getting involved in the lives of your kids, butting yourself in there, asking them questions, telling them dumb jokes, you know, talking about different things. It may seem like you're bugging them, but they want it and they need it and they need us to keep it up. So parents, keep it up. That's, That's good. That's really good encouragement because a lot of times, I don't know, I'm glad I'm sure you feel the same way as a dad. And I'm, my kids are older now. I got a 20 year old. I got a 23 year old. They're both, they're both guys. And I'm kind of nudging, nudging, nudging. I'm preaching, I'm talking. And I, I probably think, Oh, John, the last thing these guys want to hear from you is more of your stuff. But I think it's important that I speak up and I'm not trying to be you know, a fool about it, but there's a lot going on and guys need to know about it. You know what? And you are Exactly right. And see, I mean, you you put your finger on it. You're like, you know what? The last thing my kids want to hear from is me. No, actually. And they may not reward you like, Dad, thanks so much for talking to no, me about no, that last week. There's none of that, Glenn. <laughs> believe me. I'll tell you They're that. They're not saying exactly. that, John. I can't believe that. No. But in their heart, they're like, you know what? My dad keeps drilling into my life. And, you know, that makes me know that he cares for me and loves me as, and is involved and, and interested in me. And that's the biggest message that kids can get. That's good. Well, you know what? It just kind of reminds us of the things that are important. You know, John and I often talk about it's not because 
parents say, you know, what are the kinds of things that are good for kids to watch? And I've just kind of gotten past all that, Glenn, because I think really the most important thing is who the kids are watching the stuff with. Um, and if you're there and you're but you watching have older kids too. Yeah. And in watch and watching things with your kids, I think that's so much more important than just, you know, setting your kids up with something safe. And then you guys, you know, you and your husband or you and your wife just sit on your phone for two hours. You know what? And that is exactly right. Because we even think as, as, you know, as Christians, like, well, it's content. What's the right content? What's the right message? And it's interesting that a lot of times, you know, the gem and richness is found in the interaction itself. I mean, think about that with, you know, when you were growing up, it's like, probably not the trip to Disney World was the great, wonderful thing or that, you know, that fantastic summer vacation it was those little things that the thing itself wasn't so big but it's that you were doing it with mom or dad you know and those are the times that make memories and you are exactly right it's not so much i mean content does matter we want to put good stuff in front of our kids but you can put excellent stuff in front of your kids all the time and never actually be involved in them and your kids are going to turn out horrible you know they need you involved they want you involved they want you um, butting your nose into their lives and into their business and asking about them and, and, and getting involved. That's good. Glenn Stanton is with us from Focus in the Family, where he is Director of Family Formation Studies. Glenn, of course, we air Focus in the Family here at 101.5 Word FM. We love the ministry. Talk to us about resources that are available specifically for families, whether it's you know a one-parent family or a two-parent family. Everybody could use help and some encouragement, yeah? You know what? We have a wonderful program called Alive to Thrive, and we were talking about suicide earlier. It is a suicide program, quote-unquote, but it's not really. What it is is a program to help young people develop their own sense of self and who they are and why they're loved and why they matter and things like that. And you can just Google, you know, you know, type into your computer, Alive to Thrive, Focus on the Family, and that program will come up. It's free. You can download it. You can go through that material. But at our website, focusonthefamily.com, and we have all kinds of wonderful resources um, to just help strengthen families and give families ideas for times together. Very good. That's terrific. That's Glenn Stanton. He's a Federalist Senior Contributor. He's the Director of Family Formation Studies at Focus on the Family and the author of the brand new The Myth of the Dying Church. Thanks so much for being with us today, Glenn. Hey, thank you. It's good to be with you guys. Yeah, our great pleasure. Good stuff. Really good stuff. Glenn Stanton from Focus. Take a quick break. Come back. We've got more heads, so stick around. It's the Monday edition of The Ride Home here on Pittsburgh's Christian Talk. We're Word FM. reduces a driver's ability to react to changing traffic or road conditions. It puts you, your passengers, and others on the road at risk. Slow down, save a life. Be safe, PA. Learn more at pendotgov slash safety. Paid for with Pennsylvania taxpayer dollars. Hi, it's me, Marsha, at the Springhouse. Did you know Easter's springing up on us? And quickly, too. Do you know what that means at the Springhouse? Well, first of all, it means you can enjoy the freshest, tastiest fried or baked cod every Friday night on the farm. It also means it's time to call and order your Springhouse Easter goodies. Our hickory smoked hams are extra special. We use only real hickory wood from the farm to slowly smoke these old-fashioned treats to perfection. Order a whole or half, and we'll send along cooking instructions, too. Mmm, how about Springhouse scalloped potatoes and homemade 
homemade applesauce to go with that ham. Finish off your meal with a from scratch Springhouse coconut cream pie or custard pie or a chocolate log cake. Oh, and you can even decorate your table with our adorable bunny breads and eat them too. Easter also means our annual Springhouse Easter egg hunt and Palm Sunday feast. Check us out at springhousemarket.com for all the details. Celebrate this most joyous holiday at the Springhouse in 84 Pennsylvania. If you have an unpaid tax debt to the IRS that you can't pay, please hear this special notice. Specially approved IRS relief programs designed to aid delinquent taxpayers are now in effect that can significantly improve your financial situation. Depending on your circumstances, you may qualify to have your tax problem resolved in your favor and may even have your back taxes reduced by thousands or eliminated entirely. A relief hotline has been established by Community Tax for you to call and see if you qualify at 800-500-5588. If you owe the IRS back taxes that you can't afford to pay, don't let the IRS trick you into thinking you have no way out. Our highly accredited tax professionals will let you know what you qualify for and how much you can save. We may be able to stop all liens, garnishments, levies, and save you thousands. Call and see if you qualify for this taxpayer relief at 800-500-5588. That's 800-500-5588. Community Tax. Who's your tax guy? We're all thinking a lot about school these days. Like, will the kids ever go back? Or why can't they have enough work to last the whole day? Or if it's all online, what are the teachers really doing? Now's a perfect time to consider a Christian education with a school who will be a true educational partner for you and your family. Many are offering half-price tuitions for first-time enrollees, like Jubilee Christian School in Mount Lebanon. Find a school that's right for you at wordfm.com slash tuitions. It's getting harder and harder to make sense out of today's headlines. To stay on top of breaking world and national news with a Christian worldview and a faith-based perspective on what it means, turn to christianheadlines.com. Log on to ChristianHeadlines.com for the very latest news and then sign up for our free daily newsletter to stay one step ahead of what's happening. Get out of the mainstream media rut with top news and positive headlines every day with ChristianHeadlines.com. Watching TV with your kids or when you were a kid, Kath, of course, you sat around the house in the living yeah. room and watched TV with your parents, didn't you? Always. Yeah. And what was that like? What'd you watch? Well, you know, I think about um, watching, first of all, the six o'clock news, always mm. watched with my parents. Yeah. Um, and this is, you know, this was the era. If you're a Sebastian Maniscalco fan, you're going to know what I mean. <laughs> like there was, there was no man cave because the house was my Isn't dad's it? man cave. Yeah. Right. So whatever he watched is what we were watching. <laughs> that's, that's just very easy. Yeah, to, you know. I don't, um, so I, like I remember watching. Um, Mannix when I was really little. Yep, sure. Uh Columbo. Yep. Cannon. Um McLeod. Mm-hmm. Uh did I say the streets of San Francisco? No, you did not. Yep, no. that was in my head. Um, I remember watching all of those. With my mom, I always watched Carol Burnett mm-hmm. and Bob Newhart. And then of course the Fantasy Island Love Boat. How about Evolution. Maud? Mm-hmm. Would you say Maud? Maud. Yeah. Listen, forgot about Maud. My mother, um, she had this thing Now, my mom was like this really good woman. You know, she was a good church goer. She was yep. loved in the neighborhood. You know what she loved more than anything? Mm-hmm. And I see this occasionally women in prison movies. <laughs> well, like orange is the new black. No, 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 no. I mean, no. I mean, like in the early 1930s, Hollywood made women in prison films as melodramas, minimal action means to portray a pathway to a righteous life. Titles like um, ladies, they talk about. And hold your man. And then hold you know, your the, man. Yeah. You're in prison. You can't. Well, 
I mean, it's a really particular genre. Subset. No kidding. And I'm watching Turner Classic or something, and I see like women in prison film, and I go, "Mom, there's a good one on." She loved that kind of stuff. They were pulp, filmed wire kind of things, you know, women in you know these little sort of gray uniforms, all suffering. There's always the tough one on the block. That was her thing. So whenever I see that, I think about my mom. She would have loved Orange. Oh, no, I don't think so. Oh, that's, yeah. She would have. Grace Maloney would have gotten into Orange as a new That one. is a rough one. You watching well, no that kidding. thing? Yeah, well, not... listen, it's, it's women in prison. You think it's going to be like, you know, a, you know, a mu- Broadway musical? It's a different genre. That's kind of rough. I mean, seriously. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.